everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. Now, as you know, This Week in Skating tends to focus on singles, pairs, dance, along with synchronized skating. But our goal really is to cover all of the disciplines within the sport of figure skating. And one discipline we'd like to cover more of is theater on ice. Theater on ice is a form of competitive figure skating that combines the grace of figure skating with the excitement of theater and dance. Now, there are theater on ice competitions throughout the U.S. each year, but at the end of the month, theater on ice teams in the U.S. will compete in the National Theater on Ice competition hosted by the Ice House Skating Academy in Fraser, Michigan. Today, to help us learn more about theater on ice, joining us is Kendall LeClaire. Kendall is a former competitive figure skater and is now the theater on ice director for Stellaris and head coach of the competitive team, the Stellaris Ice Theater in Spokane, Washington. So we'd like to welcome Kendall to This Week in Skating. Hi, Kendall. Hi, (laughs) thank you so much for having me. I am honored and love listening to your podcast and can't believe I actually get to speak (laughs) to you guys. Well, we are excited to learn about Theater on Ice because I'll be honest, I don't know much about it. Yeah, the same. I know very little. I remember going to some shows at the Skating Club of Boston. I've seen some performances at these shows. That is about all of my, when it comes to my exposure to it. However, Melanie, one of our friends, Melanie Haney, speaks very highly of Theater on Ice and how much fun she has when she's photographing it. So we wanted to delve into it a little bit more so that we can understand what makes it so special. Well, I will try my best to uh, help spread the knowledge and awareness of Theater on Ice this evening as we are talking through things. And uh, we're pretty new to the sport or to this side of the sport as well. It's a newer discipline in general compared to things like obviously singles, dance, even synchro um, that's been around a lot longer. The first theater on ice competition started running back in the early 2000s, actually. So it's been something that stars on ice, Disney on ice, ice theater of New York has been around for a lot longer than that. But the competitive side is relatively new in our long historic sport. So let's back up just a little bit. And can you tell us, how you got into skating. Absolutely. Um, I'm originally from New York and like many in the upstate New York area, uh, winters were very, very long. I know a lot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My parents took me to the rink when I was four and I started doing learn to skate lessons, really liked it. My grandmother had actually skated. So I did find um, a couple of years ago, a picture of my dad, my mom, my grandma, and I all out on skates at about age five. And I just loved it. I loved the feeling of the freedom, the cold wind making your eyes water and rushing through your hair. And uh, I then started, you know, private lessons. I remember vividly early on an ice show 
at the local rink. It would only open from about October to March. And they did the Wizard of Oz. Uh, and I just remember my own coaches skating in it. And it was amazing and so inspiring. Eventually, I actually ended up being an ice dancer. Um, so I transitioned over to ice dance and then went through and continued, like most in the in in my age group, uh, continued to skate freestyle. We were in the moves in the field transition as well, and uh, I was a competitive ice dancer and uh, began coaching around age 16 or so and have been doing it for more years than I care to admit at this point. <laughs> well, now you're not in upstate New York anymore. What brought you over to Spokane area? My amazing spouse is from Spokane. Uh, we met in New York, though. He was of the mindset that Spokane was horrible and must get out at age 18 and got over to New York and went, oh, maybe not so bad. Um, <laughs> so after we got married, we moved back out and have been out here for going on 15 years now. So what got you into theater on ice? happenstance, I think. <laughs> um, it was obviously not a discipline that I ever did. Um, I, you know, like I said, I was an ice dancer. It was something that we, our program was technically created in 2019. And a coach asked if I had any ideas um, for choreography, since that's kind of where my skill set lies. Primarily, I, I have kids and kids and skaters, I should say, skaters, adults, kids, all ages, um, in all disciplines. But choreography is what I really like to do just with my dance background and things like that. And I said, okay. And I started, started working with the team and it was just so much fun. It was my imagination come to life. It was this amazing thing where you could take a team of skaters, which most of these skaters have never skated on a team together. And they're able to, you know, create something, this universe and bring the audience around with it. So 2019, we created a joint program between the two clubs in our area, the Spokane Figure Skating Club, which is what the Stellaris Ice Theater is now registered under, as well as um, the other club in the area. And we created this, I think there were 15 or so kids on the team and did a program at, I actually showcased nationals. So in, in 2001, that coach stepped back and obviously the pandemic was in the middle of that. Um, and I took over as head coach at that point. Um, and we did go to nationals last year. It was our first technical theater on ice nationals because we were a production ensemble even though we were registered with U.S. Figure Skating as a theater on ice team. Um, and there's a little bit difference in many people are familiar with production ensembles since Showcase Nationals has been a little bit bigger. And um, there are some differences between the two disciplines in that case. Um, so in 2001, we pivoted from doing Showcase Nationals to actually setting up for the 2021-2022 season to be a pure theater on ice team. And there were some there were some reasons I can get into about why we pivoted um, and stuff too. So can you explain a little bit more about what theater on ice is like compared to showcase? Because now you mentioned showcase and I'm a little bit more familiar with showcase because some of the adults at my rink have done a showcase program. But what is like maybe the difference between the two and you know what makes theater on ice a little different than showcase 
Absolutely. Many people are familiar with Showcase, uh, especially those like the national competition. They have everything from singles to teams. So it makes it a really nice comprehensive competition to attend. Theater on Ice, the national competition is a standalone. So it's going to be teams only. Typically, the way I think of it, um, the difference between the two, Theater on Ice is original works. It's interpretations. It's... um, Oh, sorry. More abstract, <laughs> a little bit more mm-hmm. abstract in in its telling of stories. There are two programs that a theater on ice team will run at all levels. At this point in time, they are potentially looking at changing the rules. But um, for the moment, this coming this coming nationals, there will be two programs. There's our choreographic exercise, which is essentially like a short program. And there's certain requirements you have to do within that. Um, You have to show a theme, a choreographic process, and a gesture. And those are set out by the ISU because those are actually internationally set out for all teams at the different levels. Um, All teams will do those three axes no matter their level. And then you have your free program, which is akin to a long program, and that you can use props, scenery, costumes, but they do really like when you can tell an original story, an interpretation, not so much of a um, retelling of an existing story. If you're going to retell a story, changing the music, changing the storyline, changing the costume, something like that. Production ensemble, I think they're a bit more open to just putting that out there as it is, how well is your skating. Um, they also have, while both progr- both disciplines, production ensemble and theater on ice, use the component judging score, which is the new IJS for showcase and theater. There's actually five marks for theater versus the three for a sh- production ensemble and showcase. Uh, so it, it gets a bit more detailed into what they're looking for, how the points are skewed through that, and um, very specific on what they're looking for in that case. Oh, okay. Is the length like a, sh- you know, the one program, like the short program, is that like uh, the same length as a short program for like singles, pairs, and dance? And the same thing with the free skate? Is it how long are the programs? So the programs do vary in length. Uh, Your choreographic exercise or the short program will be shorter. It also is like singles, dance. It depends on your level. Um, And your free programs can run anywhere from, you know, three to three and a half minutes up to four and a half minutes or so, uh, just depending on the levels. So the higher level you are, the longer you have to tell your story. Uh, and the lower the level you are, the shorter the shorter your program will be. Now, are the levels similar to the other disciplines, like juvenile, intermediate? So, it, what, it, yeah, what does that look like? Yeah, um, the levels at this point in time are preliminary, open, and then there's a jump actually to intermediate, novice, junior, senior, and adult. I uh, this okay. that is the way it's structured. The requirements are usually based on test level. Uh, There are age restrictions as well, depending on your level. You can run, you know, skaters that might be outside of the age limits by certain numbers of years, but you can only roster so many of them. Um, Your 
test level, which is typically stated in skating skills or moves in the field levels, uh, do not necessarily, an intermediate team doesn't have to have everybody doing their intermediate moves in the field. It's actually, they're usually lower so that they open it up a little bit more broadly. Uh, it is encouraged to obviously have the kids, or excuse me, the skaters working towards those levels and above um, because it always increases your skill level and your skating skill scores and things like that. But everybody, everybody has, has at least passed one test oh. on all, all feet or on ice. Okay. Now the competitions throughout the year, is it competing against other theater on ice teams? How, you know, what, what's the season look like for theater on ice? So typically, uh, Nationals is in June, as we've mentioned, the end of June, typically. Uh, this year, it bumped back a week, but it's still within that. You know, it's it wraps up before July 1st or so, or on July 1st. Most teams run from September, October through that national time frame. So it's usually, at least our team, for us, we do run a 10-month season, we don't, uh, on the West Coast, there's not a ton of teams, actually. So finding someone to compete against, we have yet, the only time we will see another technical theater on ice team is in a couple of weeks. Oh. Uh, so it's, there's, the, we, we do exhibitions, wow. we get judges, you know, judges judging us and things like that. But it's really hard unless you travel quite far. And even that, um, there are teams down in LA and Las Vegas, Phoenix, uh, but they're not always necessarily the same level. So even if you do travel to a competition, there's no guarantee that they're actually going to compete against you anyways. You might see them, and that's exciting. <laughs> uh, but it is it is still growing, which is why the national the national competition itself is actually technically an open competition. There is no qualifier because it's not ubiquitous across the U.S. enough yet to have enough competitions and enough teams to sustain a qualifier type series like showcase or any of the other NQS series. Well, we got to change that. We got to get more uh, theater on ice. Yeah, we're working on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that Gina and I have talked about offline and with other guests that we've had on the show is making sure that people know that there are other opportunities outside of singles, pairs and dance and that, if you want to compete, but you're not at the level to do one of those disciplines, there are still opportunities for you to be part of a team. And that was one of the driving forces for us. Uh, we pivoted back, like I said, we pivoted back in 2021 from doing production ensemble focus at Showcase Nationals, which is usually in August. Uh, up here in the gorgeous inland Pacific Northwest, July and August, most people don't want to be in an ice rink on Saturday <laughs> mornings at 5.45 a.m. for practice. They want to be at the lake. So yes. uh, when Showcase Nationals actually changed their level requirements back in 2021, I had a number of skaters that weren't eligible to compete anymore. So we wrapped up our season really quickly, and at that point, I started, you know, casting a wider net. What else could we do? The kids loved skating on a team. There were a number of skaters that this was the way we kept them on the ice for more than one day a week because we they knew they had to practice. So they'd come in a couple of days, they'd come in before our practice, they'd skate more. 
And there were other kids that, you know, either they're not at the level that they do, they are going to compete at NQS and go someplace or, or want to go someplace. Then there's others that just didn't want to compete by themselves. So suddenly they're out there and they have nine other friends around them and you can have up to 24 skaters on a team. They were, they were in their element. They got to do something they love, but they had the, the support of those around them and they just, they flourished in that. So we aligned our season and knowing showcase or excuse me, knowing theater on ice nationals wraps up in June, it was aligned with the school year. And that went way better with parents because <laughs> then they could still take their vacations at Christmas and all this. And, and they have the summer off <laughs> or, or they, they were able to shift their schedules in the summer and not have to worry about going off for a big competition or anything like that. So it really, it was a big selling point for our teams um, and our parents specifically, because let's face it, you know, most of them, they're doing the driving. So if you can't win their hearts of like, why to bring their kid in at 6am on a Saturday, <laughs> you're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm one like that. I don't like to be by myself either. So I would have loved to be a team. I know when I did some, you know, with my, my club, when I was in, I don't know, however old I was, um, we did shows and stuff and, you know, we did Nutcracker on Ice and I liked doing that because there were how many other skaters out there. So I like that there's these opportunities for skaters who may not be wanting to be out there all by themselves, having the opportunity to be a part of a team and, and skating and, and, and performing. Cause I feel like that's what theater on ice is. It's a lot of performing and putting on like a sort of like a mini three minute, two minute show, um, you know, telling a story. So when, when people who aren't part of the skating world ask, you know, I, I say, oh, I, I'm the theater on ice director. And they go, what's that? And, you know, I, I essentially tell them, I like think, you know, Disney on ice. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that. Think Disney on ice, but in a three minute format. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, and that's really, it's, that is the, that's the easy, the, the, you know, the very brief, brief way to describe what it is. And the coolest thing that we've seen with our skaters is their desire to continue to improve and push themselves because of what they, you know, because of theater on ice, they're testing more tests. They're, they're actually asking to test the test because they want to, you know, I have a core of about 10 skaters right now that we mentioned, um, you know, other opportunities like, Hey, if we change levels, we can do, we could do these things if, if, you know, we work hard enough and work through it and everything. And there I turn around and there they are practicing their moves in the field, which I mean, as a coach that you could knock me over with a feather often when I see that happening, because it's not two weeks before a test. So I'm like, wait, you're, you're actually practicing without, you know, without being told, but it's because they're, they're holding themselves accountable at this point and wanting to be here and wanting to do it, which is, you can't ask for more as a club. You have kids on the ice that want to be there and they're pushing themselves to be better. I mean, that's, that's the ideal of what's happening. Yeah, It's fascinating. Yeah. I love the idea of the inclusivity of it, making it so that skaters of all levels have an opportunity depending on where they're at. And because there are so many kids that start the sport and, as I said earlier, 
they get to a point and they don't know where to go. Like, they don't know what to do. Like, what is the right thing for them? And this is, to me, seems like a win-win because you get to have fun with other people while you're doing it and tell Mm -hmm. a story. You get to create an entire universe. And that is one of the judging criteria is actually universe creation. How do you tell your story? How do you push your story out there? And we're an open team. So we actually, as long as everyone has passed their preliminary moves in the field, our team is open to them. Um, eventually, in my you know scheming of creation of an empire, I would love to run a couple more teams. But we, we do run three teams right now. We have an adult team um, that is, they are... We had adults that had just started Learn to Skate back in January that joined our team. So it was an all-levels team. And since they're not a national team, there's no test requirements. We also run an introductory team. And we use that as we we run it on a different day from our Learn to Skate. So again, as a way for a small program, how do you keep how do you keep the lights on? How do you pay your ice bill? You have people on the ice. So as a small program, you can pull kids that are saying, Hey, I really love skating. I'm a basic two. Come and join our introductory team. And they did a minion number this year and they were adorable, (laughs) but they had, they had 10, there was, there was, we run smaller seasons for them so that they can change their program. We can get new kids in as, you know, learn to skate every eight weeks, learn to skate turns over. So we, we run the small team in conjunction with Learn to Skate, and we always have an event at the end, whether it's a exhibition, a holiday show, a competition, whatever, whatever we do. And there was there was one of the seasons that they were the biggest team we had, with I think 15 skaters on it. Which for we're a small club, we're not a huge metropolitan area. That's the best way to keep kids engaged, and they're excited. They're already, you know, oh, well, what are we doing next fall? I'm like. <laughs> working on it <laughs> coming but you know in in an area that we're not we're not boston we're not new york city are we going to be able to run multiple teams and have tryouts eventually maybe but this is one of the best ways how do you spread the love of skating and have kids that were competing against soccer and t-ball and basketball and cheerleading they're all team sports. Mm-hmm. So what do we mm-hmm. do to offer that to our skaters? And this has proved to be an amazing thing. And the adults, oh my gosh, they are the biggest proponent of this program. And they have, I mean, talk about taking it under their wing and, you know, they, they would watch the videos of their performances and we need to change this. Let's do this. Oh, that looked better this time, this way. And, and, and you know, they're all engaged. They're all choosing what they want to do. And they've already, well, we're going to nationals next year. I'm like, okay, sounds good. And you know, so they're, they're working with their coaches to test their, to do their adult pre-bronze moves and bronze level moves and things. And they're just, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible to see, to see something like this become, have the opportunity to become a cornerstone and give those, those skaters, not even kids, those skaters, a place and a home where they can feel they can feel welcomed and at home and let their creative bright sparks shine um 
that sometimes it doesn't always work out like that. So it's I'm I'm honored to have had a program and have the support of a club that enables us to do that. Well, Nationals is coming up in what, a couple of weeks here? Um so are you taking how many teams are you taking to Nationals? Just one. Okay. This year, uh, as I said, my my adult team for next year is already making making plans, uh, and there are a number of younger kids uh, that have, you know, we we do since we have been on national ice with our team last year, we were under a different name. Uh, we actually switched to the Stellaris name this year, partly uh, because. We have our Stellaris Ice Theater, Stellaris Supernovas are the adult team, and then Stellaris Shooting Stars are the little team. And in our other branding, I was having trouble figuring out what to call everybody. So this this worked out really well because there's plenty of constellations out there and things <laughs> yes. like that that I can use. You know, we've got Little Dippers, the Aurora Borealis, you know, we, we got plenty. I, so there are a number of kids from the shooting stars that have, you know, that are, they have seen what the national team does. They have seen what, um, you know, what they're doing. We, we do, since we were on national ice, we do really, you know, tell them like, you guys are, you, you skaters are national skaters. You, that is something not everyone in this sport can say. You have stepped on national ice. You have stepped on the ice where, the ice is blank except for the logo and it says nationals and it says nationals on the wall. And that's incredible and something to be very proud of. Uh, and they put in the work to do that. It wasn't something they threw together. We don't have a ton of extra ice. That's the other beauty of this program is we don't, we have anywhere between eight and 11 hours total a week at our ice rink. Hockey is king as we all know. And it's something that, you know, we keep telling them, but we have a team too. So, you know, we can, <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, but we've been able to do a lot. I, that's another beauty of theater on ice is that sometimes you can do half an hour, or only an hour of practice a week, and then an hour of off ice and make do. And yes, you might not be competing against the the top, top teams that have two, three hours of team ice a week, but we can put out something very, very high quality in that time. And it's also, again, when you're looking at building programs in these smaller rinks, that's what you might have. But if it keeps the kids on the ice and it keeps them engaged in your program and you don't lose them at age 13 when they are just testing their preliminary moves in the field and they have come against that very big axle wall that we all mm -hmm. know is there, this is a way to keep them and get them so that they're feeling like they're family and they're part of something. Well, what you said about not everyone can say they're on national ice. It's true. I mean, you know, 13 years old. And if you can't get that axle, you're kind of stuck and you're not going anywhere. And, and it's getting harder and harder for any discipline to make it to nationals now, because you know, if, in, in the singles and the dance and pairs world, we only have so many that can qualify and you've got the buys thrown in. And so not everyone will ever get that opportunity to compete at nationals. And this may be a way for someone to do so by just saying, okay, I'm going to do theater on ice and I can go to nationals. 
Um, and multiple times. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you have skaters that are repeating and going back. Um, so yeah, I think that's, this is a great opportunity. Um, cause I know I can't say I've ever been on nationals ice other than being at a nationals. And I know I yeah. skaters that I skate with who can never say that either, but maybe if our rink here where I am, you know, started a national or a theater on ice team, maybe they could at one point. It's that's not the only goal, but it is something that we want them to be proud of. And we want them to, you know, know that their hard work is recognized and being a national skater is something to have pride in. And you, you worked hard to get there and it's really cool. (laughs) It's the bottom line. It's really cool. Yeah. So you mentioned that the only time that your team gets to compete against other teams is at nationals. How do you keep them motivated for one competition a year? It's uh that's a trick. <laughs> um every once in a while we will register as a production ensemble. Um though most production ensembles it seems that there's always a curtain. So you've cut off a large chunk of the ice. And when you've choreographed a program that uh, is full ice and then you don't have full ice, it becomes interesting. Really, I think what what helps drive them is, A, their experience from nationals. They They took a chance on the team last year. We'd never been to nationals. They had no idea what to expect. And I know, you know, just like COVID has changed the face of so many competitions, We'd heard, you know, oh, Nationals was different this year. We knew no better. We mm-hmm. we had a great time. Uh, we had a wonderful experience. One of the things that I think just keeps them coming back was that experience. And they came back and the parents and the kids, they all shared that experience with everybody else. And they're ready. You know, they were so excited to start. I think also just having the opportunity to do exhibitions, other things that they haven't done. We do try, especially in the spring. Um, Thankfully, one of our judges in the area, and he also is a head referee for many competitions kind of up and down in this corridor. Um, He is on the adult team. So he has become a very large proponent of, uh, he's in our corner for bringing in judges that are at least interested in theater on ice. And so we have been getting scores and things um, under, it was more under the showcase guidelines, but at least it's something for us to go on so we can help the kids. The kids are starting to understand what it means and the skaters, they can look and say, oh, well, we want, we want to get that score higher. What do we do? Uh, And I think part of it is that, again, that team environment, I've, We've really tried within our program to create, especially for these older older teams, an environment where they feel comfortable making suggestions and recommending things, you know, hey, can we change this choreography? Can we add this arm here? What about doing this? And it has created an environment that they're excited to come to because they know that their ideas are heard and not every idea is going to hit, but a lot of the times... I'll tell them straight out, hey, I never thought of that. That's a great idea. Let's try it. Oh, it didn't work there. But hey, it works over here. Let's use it. Um, so again, it feeling like they, they're heard. And especially with old, you know, early teens, when do they get that chance all the time? 
Uh, and so having having that say in their programs and things is a big thing, I think, as well. And um, they had some experiences at nationals this past year where it's unlike, actually, Gina, similar to your experience at Synchro, mm. Synchro Worlds mm-hmm. up in Lake Placid mm-hmm. a few a couple months ago. We walked out after having after completing our free program, and last year we were the Tim Burton team. So we did Alice falls down the hole, and she falls down the hole and meets the Mad Hatter and the White Rabbit. But instead of Alice in Wonderland, she actually, you know the scene from The Nightmare Before Christmas where the tree is with all the holidays? Mm-hmm. Except it was all different Tim Burton movies. So we had Alice visit the Nightmare Before Christmas Town and uh, Willy Wonka, as well as Edward Scissorhands. So she, so she went through these, this Tim Burton, the, the, you know, this wonderland of Tim Burton. And we walked out from performing and the team that ended up winning, that was incredible, the um, Ice Theater of the Rockies, they were walking in and they were all like, zombie vampire-ish type things but they stopped the team and they were like oh my gosh you're my favorite character and the kids are like do you mean like they're talking to us and they're so excited and like yo we love your outfits and we love your outfits and oh my gosh you're the Tim Burton team and like and it was just this this experience that they had never ever had where the competitors the other competitors they were like that was so cool I was like because what coach in their right mind is going to try to change something (laughs) you know to make it different you know we're just going to cheer each other on because there's we're done like there's nothing else we're doing we're not making changes we're not you know you're we're not subbing in a double axle for your you know whatever here it's done there's 13 of you at the time I'm not making any changes (laughs) y'all just stay on your feet so it was just this incredible experience that I think they've carried with them and it is inspiring Inspired them throughout the year because they they that and the pin trading oh my gosh they are so ready we have our own like actual pins because we learned last year we had like you know kind of cute little pins but we learned like the pins are big um and so they are so ready to trade pins this year it's not even funny (laughs) I didn't know it sounds like such a fun little (laughs) community it really and camaraderie is. amongst the teams. I mean, that is really special. Yeah. And pin trading. I mean, we don't see that over in singles, dance pairs, a synchro. I don't think either. No. But, you know, that's a big thing of the Olympics. Maybe we need to bring pin trading over <laughs> a little bit more there. We do synchro. Now, I heard synchro does do pin oh, trading okay. still. Or at least they had up until pretty recently because okay. we had a skater last year, her sister was on a synchro team down in California. And she was like, my sister gave me all all her old pins. And she was so excited. And so, you know, pin trading, but yeah, pin trading's big. Like we, we actually, our pins, we noticed like everybody's pins usually related to what their free program was. So they like change from year to year and they're custom and all this. So we went, we, I was like, all right, guys, we will make sure that like you, we're doing this again next year. I'll, we got pins that have part of their free program on it and everything like that to kind of give, you know, to, to 
give give pay homage to what their free program is as well as Stellaris and things like that. So just the camaraderie and the community, even among the teams, um, I've reached out, you know, you're, you were connected on Instagram and uh, you, you have new teams joining or people are liking photos and it's just, it's a really cool cool thing and especially if you post about an adult team other adult teams and coaches are like oh we're so excited that you have an adult team and stuff so it's a really it's a really really cool community I'm just so glad that it's an opportunity for our skaters and our clubs and our coaches to experience something like this uh that's just it's so unique in the sport uh and yeah I got one question is theater on ice loud as synchro is not yet okay i was just wondering not yet it's the like the senior teams or the or the 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 communities that have more than one team like oh they came in you know our parents were like okay so next year pom-poms shirts you know cheers like they're they're taking notes and everything (laughs) uh but like the the teams that do have you know maybe they have a couple teams there or they've been at it for a while you see them, um, you know, they all, all the parents come in in the same color shirt and they've got flowers or pom-poms and they're yelling and screaming and stuff. And Harmony, who is a big showcase, um, you know, Harmony, uh, that's the host this year. They're a big showcase, a, a very big showcase house as well and everything. So, you know, they're like neon green and everything <laughs> like that. So um, it was, it was cool to see that around and it was definitely inspirational. And I hope that eventually as more teams join and things like that, um, that it becomes louder and louder like synchro. Although nation's cup this year, it looked like it was a pretty stellar crowd over in Boston back in April as well. Now, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Solaris's programs? <laughs> Absolutely. Um So for our choreographic exercise, your three axes this year for 2023, the theme is nature, and then your choreographic process and gesture are going to be rotation and call and response. And so our theme in watching the teams last year, they actually came up with the idea as we were sitting in Wichita, Kansas at 2022 Nationals, watching other teams and my team was in awe of what was going on. And I, you know, told them, I was like, it's nature. And they were throwing some ideas around and we ended up landing on the relationship between a predator and prey, specifically a spider and a fly. So we are doing, uh, we really loved the idea of a spider and a fly because rotation, that's not only rotation of the full body, but you can do rotation of the team. You can do rotation of one body part. So spinning webs, dancing, uh, the fly represents, you know, the fly, it can fly in circles, it can spin, it can be caught. And a call and response is a movement and then another movement in response to it. So you have the spider trying to catch the fly, the fly trying to get away from it. So you have this really nice dynamic relationship between the two. And the kids have really taken, they really like the spider movement um, <laughs> things. So we've tried to really incorporate that and just the, to the best of our ability with the levels that we have, since our, our team is, we have a number of preliminary and pre-juvenile moves in the field levels. We do have one senior and a novice and soon to be, in, or, uh, and an intermediate 
moves in the field, but primarily most of most of our team is preliminary and pre-juvenile. So we have to work, you know, as best we can with what what we've got there. And they have done an amazing job of just trying to incorporate the character throughout um, the pro the entire program. So for our free program, though, we are very actually we we love this one. It's uh, where the wild things are. <laughs> loved the book but and i know there was a movie but this is there was this is a there is this is the metal rock version of where the wild okay. things are so we start out we might have a little metallica <laughs> and a little bit of a metal version of wild thing obviously you have to play that uh, so we do have some, we're doing an interpretation of the book and we have Max or Maxina, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> we have Max come through and, but the wild things are all dressed in, we, it's, a, it's an eighties of somebody, actually a, a, someone who worked at the rink just looked and was like, are you going for an eighties metal vibe? And we're like, yes, we are. And we're like, great, we did it. So everybody has like animal prints and pleather and mesh and, you know, big hair. <laughs> there was a crimper involved um, or will be. <laughs> Nothing screams eighties more than a crimper. Oh, the mom. I, that was my so decade. Yes. I know we'll probably feel have. a lot of crimping <laughs> in the, in the rhythm dances this year as well. Yes. Yes. But one of the moms ran up the other day and was like, you'll never guess what I just ordered. <laughs> crimper. That's when you know it's serious. When the crimper has been ordered, <laughs> it's serious. It is. It is. And they are having a blast with it. So we just, we, so we have some of those iconic pieces of where the wild things are, um, such as Max's boat and the crown and things like that. But we also do want to tell the story of someone who's you know it's it, we all have these huge emotions and how do you how do you come to terms with them um you can run away from them you can meet others and but you can still still come back to yourself and be okay so um the kids have had a, the skaters have had a lot of fun with that as well oh that looks sounds really cool <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm liking this already. The music, the themes. I mean, you know, Tim Burton. Now a little '80s metal. Straight up your alley, oh, Daphne. This is pretty cool. It is. This is, as I said earlier, it's my. It's what I've loved about this as a coach and just a creative person. I've I've never considered myself creative. Um until I really started this, like, you know, I could do, you know, I could create things on the ice and I, in, but I've never been an artist. I don't sing. I can't, you know, things like that, but this is my imagination just come to life and it's so much fun. And it's so cool to have the skaters, you know, in on it as well. And our adult team, you know, they've, they have been mamboing into the hearts of all, uh, all the adults around the area and stuff as they've done a little uh, Mambo Italiano and uh, Mambo number five <laughs> and stuff like that. Just uh, It's been a great, great, great season for them as well and stuff, even though they're not attending nationals this year. Well, it sounds like everyone comes together to create the programs. It's a lot, you know, you said the adult who found the crimper, um, 
how do you get all of the like the costumes and like is it a lot of making the costumes and creating like this the props and the set and whatever that you have to uh you know bring your program to life yeah absolutely uh the costumes you know depending on the program depending on the team and stuff when you go to nationals you'll see costumes that were definitely designed for um for the for a team custom designed things like that Mm -hmm. um ours have all been customized for the skaters we're on a tighter we're on a tight budget though and wanting to one of our goals of this program is not only keeping skaters on the ice but keeping it affordable too because that is the other that is the other side of this coin so a lot of our costumes we have pieced together either through um you know creation of oh we have this fleece we'll use this fleece to create a vest or i found this skirt at uh you know goodwill or the thrift store and we're going to cut it up and we're going to add this to it and stuff so a lot of our costumes at least the past couple of years have been created through things that we found or had very few of them are actually traditional skating dresses now for the ce they're actually very very stringent costume regulations so um all teams must wear black no embellishments no crystals and it is to showcase the skating is what it is now you can have illusion mesh you but women or ladies must have black black leggings as well so some form of black whether it's tights or pants so for those that has actually been relatively easier costume wise because we ordered unitards and some black skirts and off we go uh and you can get as detailed and intricate but as it was explained to me once essentially you want the judges to be able to walk down the hallway and have no idea what your program is about other than the three axes like there's you know versus seeing tim burton characters you're kind of like that's an edward scissorhand i'm (laughs) gonna have something to do with edward scissorhands oh interesting yeah, that's definitely interesting. And a, and a contrast to yeah. other disciplines, for sure. It reminds me of figures. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very, I mean, I remember my black skirt and my stirrup pants. <laughs> um, and, my, and my little, my little, you know, zip up, zip up. It had a little red skater on it and it was black or white little sweater for my test and everything and your gloves matched and it was there was you know hair was in a bun and that was all (laughs) i don't know about you gina but i feel like i've learned a lot about theater on ice on this podcast oh my gosh i have i i kind of i want to go see a theater on ice show or well a competition i should say competition be careful, yeah. Gina. I know you're an adult skater and you know how this whole adult team started was because I sat <laughs> up in the stands at nationals and people had asked because an open team, there is no age. Um, there's no age limit. So I could be on the open team with my team. But I said, no, that's it's their day in the sun. I don't I've done my time. I will tell you what, though, I sat up in the stands and watched the adults and I was like, I want to be up there. Like I want, I was like, I don't get this feeling often, but I want to get my skates and I want to skate with them because it was just so much fun to watch. There was, I mean, just their programs, the creativity. And as an adult, you can, you can push the envelope a little bit more Mm -hmm. in some areas. Mm -hmm. Um, 
with what you're doing versus with some of the younger skaters and things. So just some of some of the themes and stuff were just, you know, they, they might have been pushing, but they were just so much fun to watch that. So if, if you go, okay. you, you might be roped All in. Right. You might be the driving force. You might be yeah. the driving force of the adult team in your yeah. area. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I kind of, it's just, it sounds so interesting. And, you know, it kind of brings me back to, because I also dance. So it sounds just like, okay, com- bringing that performance side of dance in with skating, just kind of mesh it all together. So, yeah, I could fall in love with it if I go to a competition here. (laughs) (laughs) So Kendall, what do you recommend if someone is listening to our episode and they're at a club and they're not sure if their club has a theater on ice team, what would you recommend that they do? I would start with, you know, if you're, if you're interested in theater on ice and you're really wanting to, learn more or start or start one in your area, you know, it's talk to, talk to your club, talk to your board, talk to your direct skating director, if you have one and basic skills, even learn to skate does have a theater on ice curriculum. It's a great way to start learning about some of the basics, start an introductory class, start, you know, just talk to people and say, Hey, we're going to try a four week program. You know, we're going to, carve out 15, 30 minutes on this session. And let's see, um, most of the theater on ice teams, if you type in theater on ice, you'll find a lot of them on social media. So if you're in a bigger area that you suspect there might be a theater on ice team around, um, most of the bigger teams will hold auditions Mm -hmm. and things. Usually I think I've, I've seen them September or August to October timeframe and stuff. But I think the best thing, the best thing, especially if you're in, if you're a skater, a coach um, or a director and you're like, hey, this sounds great. Jump on that learn to skate. Most of us are members of learn to skate. You can access the curriculum as a coach. Start there. Start watching videos, you know, drum up, drum up a little bit. And you don't have to have a full fledged team. Teams are made up of eight to 24 skaters. International rules are a little different as well as open. Um, but everyone's a minimum of eight. So you don't have to have, if you only have four kids interested, start with that because the kids are, you know, that, that excitement and the knowledge and just what they learn, it's, it markets itself. It's contagious. Um, that's why, you know, our little ones, our, our introductory team is just, we, we send them wherever we can, uh, just because everyone's like, well, I want to do that. I want to wear a cool costume and it's not an ice show. You know, I get to I get to go to a competition and it's just it it does it speaks a lot for itself. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about theater on ice. It's obvious that you're really passionate about it. I think that definitely comes through in the discussion that we've had. And we look forward to checking out how. Stellaris <laughs> does at yes. nationals. We will make sure to include the National Theater on Ice in our event results in a couple weeks. A couple weeks. So. <laughs> well, thank you. I I am no subject matter matter expert. Um, as I said, I just you know I just really started working with these these teams in the past few years, but I have absolutely loved it. And uh, one other thing that is motivating my team personally at the moment is um, I did make a deal with them 
depending on placement, they may or may not be able to dye different parts of my hair blue. Oh. (laughs) Which is a big thing, considering I get home from Detroit and turn around and step on a plane the next day with my family to fly back to Syracuse, where I'm pretty sure my mom will want to have, like, family photos because we only get back there, you know, once a year or so. So I was like, all right, you you guys do, do well enough. You could potentially dye my whole head blue which uh we'll see how this goes oh wow i don't know it was they're very excited (laughs) well syracuse it should be orange but i won't go there (laughs) you know so we're in gonzaga territory out here so i mean talk about like you know the basketball (laughs) basketball game comes up and i'm like i don't know what to do I don't know who to choose, you know, cheer for. I'm a Cornellian uh, myself. So, but they're never, you know, other than seeing Karen Chen now, like bring Cornell onto the (laughs) skating scene. I was a lacrosse player in college actually. Um, So talk about a large pivot from competitive figure skating. I still coached and, you know, skated myself, but I was a division one lacrosse player for them for a couple of years too. Very cool. Yeah. So East Coast. And the interesting thing is the skating director that's now out here, she when she moved out, she's from Lake Placid. And we used to train there (laughs) in the summer when our rinks would shut down. Um, Because early on, like our our rinks were only open September to June. Mm -hmm. And then we'd all the entire coaching staff, everybody would move to Lake Placid. And so when she moved out here eight years ago or so, she's like, why? why do we have 50 mutual Facebook friends? Like, and I was like, well, you know, I know them from Lake Placid. She's like, but I'm from Lake Placid. So we're very, like, she was a lacrosse player. I'm like, wow, we are, we are such East Coast girls. Like, it's not even funny. <laughs> we're the loud ones, the loud ones in the rink. Like, we're the New Yorkers. I'm like, well, you can't, you can't take the New York out of all of it. You know, I, I've toned no. it down. But, uh... <laughs> Well, Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. On social media, Twitter, it's at thiswkinskating. And then Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We love your feedback or your questions. Uh, If you've got a question about Theater on Ice that maybe Kendall can help you answer, uh, you can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all of your messages of support and your questions. We're happy to answer them or pass them on to people who can answer them. So please keep them coming. With that, we have reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week! BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.